Welcome to All Things Vegas, nourishing self-care for the helping professional. During our time together, we will explore a wide variety of topics relating to self-care, all especially geared to the helping professional. Our guests are all thought leaders and cutting edge providers in their respective fields of endeavor. They will offer not only helpful insights, but practical skills that you can begin to use immediately. Janet Galipo is a doctor of oriental medicine who has been in private practice since 1993. Her areas of study and expertise include acupuncture, homeopathy, nutrition, and both Chinese and herbal medicine. Dr. Galipo has traveled the globe as an advanced instructor and ambassador of leading edge mind-body energy medicine. Today, her Miami-based practice is a testament to the powerful integration of all aspects of her holistic mind-body-spirit approach to health and well-being. If you're interested in learning more about Dr. Galipo's approach to health and well-being, please visit her website at bodyintuitive.org. Well, Janet, welcome. Glad that uh, we get to have this conversation today. This is going to be pretty interesting, I think. So, for um, all of our crew out there listening, can you start by just giving us a, kind of an overview of the foundations of Chinese medicine? I think a lot of people know little bits and pieces here and there, but can you kind of give us something that kind of ties all of this together a little bit? I know it's a big subject, so it's a big ask. <laughs> well, Kathy, thank you so much for having me on today. And as you know, I love talking about Chinese medicine. All aspects of it um, are really fun. And yeah, if we're looking at the, the foundations of Chinese medicine, we have to go back a long way because Chinese medicine is like really old. Right. And so compare it to, you know, our medical system today that's been going on for, you know, maybe 150, 200 years, you know, and we're looking back four or 5,000 years, it's like, wow, like, how did they know so much back then? So the origins of Chinese medicine really go back to the Stone Age. Um, the first needles were made out of stone. And um, that's what they used in the acupoints. And of course, if they were needling, you know, four to 5,000 years ago, then that means that they had already developed a theory about Chinese medicine, about what they were doing, because in order to put a, a needle in someplace, you have to understand like what the needle was supposed to do. And so, yeah, so the ancient um, Chinese, the ancient Taoists were observers, you know, they were really checking out the body, they were observing the body from the outside, they were, they were, you know, looking for what we call signs and symptoms, what was visible, right, because they didn't do autopsies, like, you know, there was Chinese medicine is really based on you know, Taoism, Buddhism, Confucianism, and they did not believe in cutting into the body because the body is something sacred. So, so everything that they learned about the body, they had to learn from observation. So, yeah, so then, you know, then when they're actually counting the, you know, period that uh, where Chinese medicine actually began, they're looking at written texts, right? Because it's really, right. it's really hard to count back to an oral tradition, although obviously it did start in that way. But the earliest written texts were maybe um, uh, 1600 to 2000 BCE. So yeah, so we're looking at a system that is a definitely over 4000 years old. That just I think, for a lot of us is a little mind boggling, perhaps, right? And, and again, recognizing, as you said earlier, I think it, I think you can't drive the point home enough that 
you know, how these guys know this, you know, that long ago? And just the power of observation is pretty astonishing, I think. You know, and it's really interesting because when you read some of the ancient texts and, you know, some of them have been lost, but but some of them have have been, you know, kind of resurrected. You really see that each of the Chinese doctors were kind of doctor scholars. And so each one would study like one particular subject for the whole of their lifetime. So, you know, one would be studying, you know, the spleen, the role of the spleen, and the other one would be studying, you know, what does the chong chi of the lungs do, you know, and all of these subjects. And then they would spend their whole life studying this particular aspect and they would, they would write a treatise on it, you know, and then that would then be inherited by the next generation of doctors. So it's a very long scholarly study. And I think that we can say that it has survived today because it works so well. Right, exactly. So when we look at this really long, you know, long standing medical tradition, uh, what do you feel like are the, are the pieces that we are the best at bringing forward in terms of, you know, what is it, what does this best serve in our modern times, in your opinion? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it is ancient wisdom, mm-hmm. uh, but ancient wisdom can be applied for modern times because, right. you know, within the theories of Chinese medicine, there's a lot of flexibility. And so, you know, the Chinese doctors and scholars believed that everybody was very different. Everybody had very different, you know, environmental conditions, home conditions, genetic conditions. So there had to be a lot of flexibility in the approach. You know, how do we treat this particular imbalance? So I think that one of the things that has made Chinese medicine so applicable for today's healthcare issues is its flexibility and the the ability to look at each person very distinctly and very separately to see what's going on in there. You know, what is the state of their yin and yang? What is the state of their five elements? You know, where's the pain in their body, you know, and to really apply these theories in a very kind of flexible and adaptable way. Right. Exactly. So one of the things, of course, that's, that we're really focused on with our podcast is the idea of how we can better use, you know, these various topics that we're exploring to take better take care of ourselves. So I think a lot of people have the impression perhaps that Chinese medicine is something that is done to them, right? Like you go somewhere and, you know, get something done. So what kinds of of things are there kind of embodied in the whole Chinese medicine philosophy and theory, what, what, what's there that we can actually apply to ourselves, you know, in, in terms of self-care? Yeah, great question. Um, so I think there's, there's, there's two points that I always like to make, you know, with clients and with students. And one is you have to understand something about yin and yang balance in the body, right? right? right. The fact that, you know, there, you know, there are these opposite forces that are, that are happening, right? So, so, you know, Chinese medical theory kind of started with the idea of one, right? So there's the one person, but then that one person suddenly gets split 
off into pairs of opposites. So, so we know that, you know, there's, there's night and there's day, right? There's dark and there's light. And in the body, there is the right side and there is the left side. There is cold and there is heat, you know? So there are these, you know, internal forces that have to be balanced out in the body. One of the really interesting ones is the concept of excess and deficiency. So, you know, excess basically means we got too much stuff going into the body, right? There's, right, there, there's right. too much stuff. There's too much food. There's too much uh, alcohol. There's too much, uh, you know, too many other substances. Maybe they're pharmaceutical medicines or, you know, whatever. There's stuff going into the body that's not sort of part of the body's natural processes. And it creates a buildup in certain organ systems and areas of the body. So we say that's an excess condition that has to be reduced to balance yin and yang, right? And then of course, there's this concept of deficiency, opposite of excess. So deficiency is not enough stuff going in, right? right. Not enough good, nutritious food, not enough rest, not enough relaxation time, not enough recovery time for the body. So, so the fact is that most of us in modern life are this kind of weird mixture of excess and deficiency. We've got, we've got, you know, certain areas that are like crying for help going, help, don't give me any more stuff, you know, like the liver. And then we've got other areas that are really feeling deficient, you know, like, like maybe the spleen or the lungs are saying, we really need more stuff in here. We got to produce more nutrient rich blood. We need help. So what we're trying to do always is to balance out these yin and yang or what we call excess and deficiency conditions. And, and I think awareness is really important because I think you're right, Kathy, like most people equate, you know, Chinese medicine is, oh, you go to the acupuncture doctor, they stick some needles in you. And I, I don't know what they did. I don't know what really happened. But that's not really what Chinese medicine is about. Chinese medicine is more about understanding the philosophy of what makes the body happy, right? right. What helps the body to be balanced? You know, it's an, it's a philosophy that can be applied. And that's what's important in our daily health. You know, we got to wake up in the morning and say, okay, what do we got to do to be healthy today? And in order to understand that we have to apply some philosophy or some understanding. Right rather than just like, oh, my elbow hurts and I wish it would stop hurting. You know, that's not a philosophy. <laughs> so so part of the philosophy is this philosophy, philosophy of balance of yin and yang right. Right. and forces in the body. So that's one, one uh, thing. Right. The other right. thing, of course, is we talk about the five elements. So everybody, you know, you say the five elements, their eyes glaze over. Like, what is that? That's a weird Chinese medical theory. And it's like, no, actually the five elements are outside of us. We see them every day. We see the sun, which is the fire element. We see the, um, we see the, the ground, which is the earth element. We see the, the minerals in the soil, um, which is the, um, you know, the metal element. Uh, we, we, you know, all of these elements, you know, are balanced. The right, water right. element, of course, wood, our trees. So understanding that these elements are external forces, right? They're, they're external resources that are outside of our body. And if we had no contact with them, right? If we had no contact with the earth, we weren't grounded at all. We weren't getting our food from the planet. If we had no contact with a tree, you know, with, with the wood element, if we had no contact with the sun, we just stayed inside all the time without any sun contact. We had no relationship with the water element, which is, you know, so important hydration and 
how dependent we are on water. We can only go, you know, a day or two without water. So, you know, understanding that those external forces are inside of our body, right? They're inside. So inside of us, our water element has to be happy. Our earth element has to be nourished. Um, our metal element has to be balanced. Um, our fire element, which is what maintains our body temperature. Yeah, so these elements are, are inside of us, but they're not just outside of us. They're right, not just like right. we look at and, you know, so they're inside and we couldn't really live a day without those elements being active in our body. So, you know, we have the, the water element. We have to stay hydrated. We need water. We have the right. fire element, which maintains our, our body temperature, you know, our 98.6. So if we didn't have an active fire element within our body, we'd be like the reptiles, right? right, right. Old-blooded. Um, we need our earth element that really furnishes our, our nutrition. And so, so we need all of these elements. So there's this very important relationship between the inside and the outside of the body. And I think that that is something that really makes Chinese medicine um, unique and important in our understanding of health. Because a lot of times, you know, we're focused in on, oh, you know, I, I'm fatigued today, or I have a pain here, or my stomach's upset. But we don't really understand that a lot of times it has to do with something in the environment. And so there is something in within the sort of five element configuration outside, right? Either we're not nourishing ourselves properly or we're spending too much time indoors in front of the computer and not getting enough sun and air, whatever that is. So it's that factor that's producing the internal conditions. And this is often something that is not really recognized. You know, people don't understand this. And so I think that that is something that's very important to understand from a Chinese medicine standpoint, because we're always looking at interrelationships, right? Right. So where Western medicine is really focused in on, okay, what's going on with the anatomy of a particular right. organ? Like let's do our MRIs and our CAT scans, whatever, and let's see what's malfunctioning. We're looking at relationships, relationships between the organs, relationships between the inside and outside of the body. And like right. that. Right, right. Exactly. And I think that, you know, Point, the point well taken that, you know, that we see so much of what's going on inside of us also happening in the, in the world around us. So I think we can't, um, we can't ignore that. Yes. Ignore that. Yeah. 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 We say that the body is actually a microcosm of right. the macrocosm, right. you know, that there's this very important relationship between what's going on outside, right. you know, planetary conditions the cosmos, the planetary configurations, the climatic factors, all of these things have a direct effect on our health. Right. Right. So Janet, I want to back us up um, a step or two. And I want to, just for the sake of clarification for people that may not really truly understand uh, the whole concept of yin and yang, can you dive into that um, paradox of opposites. I always kind of think about it that way because, you know, they're interrelated, they need each other and yet they're opposites. So can you say a bit more about what that, what that, how that rep is represented in the body? 
Yes, I can certainly try. I mean, I think one of the main yin and yang relationships in the body is the relationship between our body's energy, what we call chi, right, and right. our our body's blood or fluids. Right. right so right. a lot of times when we're when we're looking at at um, someone through the lens of the Chinese doctor, we're kind of trying to figure out like, well, is this more of like a chi situation, or is this more of like a blood slash yin situation? Situation because these things are different. They're actually opposites, right? Chi is our, our vital energy, our electrical energy, um, the energy flow, our nervous system. You know, we can say it's the it's the flow of energy through our nervous system. So that has to be you know aligned for our balance. But then we have this other liquid component, right? right? So the liquid component is most of the fundamental body substances, which are liquid, you know, including blood, including the water, you know, blood is mostly uh, water and content. And so that also has to be aligned. And if those two yin and yang forces, the yang force of chi or energy or, or the nervous system, and the yin aspect of the liquids, you know, blood's fluid, are not matched, then that is one of the reasons why an imbalance can set in that will eventually lead to a disease. So so that is a good kind of example of how yin and yang manifest in the body. And then of course, you know, it breaks down further from there. There are some yin organs, there are some yang organs, you know, and so then we really look more into detail of okay, you know, what's going on with the main organ systems? What's going on with their meridians? Are they more yin? Are they more yang? Are they more about energy? Are they more about blood? You know, and then from there, we we kind of can, can look at, um, you know, how, how to balance, you know? And so I think these concepts are very general concepts for people to understand. Like, I don't think they are mysterious concepts that are beyond the, you know, uh, understanding of the average person. I think people can understand this very well. You know, people understand when they have low energy, you know, where they are cheap. People understand when they are dehydrated, you know, like they can wake up and they're like, oh my God, I'm so dehydrated. Like why? It seems like I can't drink enough water, right? So that's an internal condition of dehydration or what we call yin deficiency. So I think that these things are very um, understandable um, for the average person. And I think that, that one of the things that's really important is more basic Chinese medicine education, you know, right, Chinese right. medicine. It's like, it's like one of the, you know, ancient healing systems on the planet. I mean, we also have, you know, Ayurveda, which is another excellent system. And so these ancient systems have been around for thousands of years and they have survived for a reason. They're survived because they work really well and because they're, they're kind of a way to look at our health, a way to look at the planet, a way to look at the relationship with our environment, the way to kind of check in with ourselves and say, okay, you know, what's our state of, you know, health or balance today. So, so I think that, you know, they are systems that are used, you know, all over the world, they've survived for thousands of years. And some of that ancient wisdom can definitely be applied to, you know, life in the in the US and the Western world in uh, 2022. Right, exactly. So I think it would be really also interesting. I I think you've uh, alluded to some already uh, talking about feeling fatigued or feeling dehydrated as 
you know, connecting the dots between these uh, Chinese medicine concepts. Could you expand a little bit on helping us understand better uh, what, you know, like something like, let's say stress or um, a traumatic experience or whether it's, you know, firsthand trauma or secondary trauma. Can you help us understand uh, from a Chinese medicine perspective, what that actually looks like? How might, how might that present in general? Sure. Yeah. So, well, you know, looking at our energy, um, understanding something about where our energy comes from is important. Right. So, of course, in Chinese medicine, we talk about this balance between what we call prenatal energy and postnatal energy. So prenatal energy is what we're we're born with. Right. Right, So we're from our parents and ancestors. We have a certain amount of this energy, this prenatal energy that we call Jing. It's almost like our, our savings account, right? right, right. So you know, you're born and you open up a savings account and there's a million dollars in there. And then as we live, you know, and we kind of run through our lives, then, you know, the savings account gets a little bit depleted, you know, over right. time we have to go right. in, you know, take some of that, that amazing, you know, prenatal juice that we inherited from our parents and, and, and use it. So um, it's always interesting to look at children in this context. So, it, when, you know, you, you see a child, and I was actually just the other day, uh, went to a dinner party, it was around a three-year-old. And you look at that three-year-old, right? They're so like amazing and precious. And they have so much energy. Like if you try to keep up with that three-year-old, forget it, right? The energy, and I mean, it was like, 1030 at night and she was dancing and she was doing puzzles and she was doing gymnastics and she was running around in circles and all the adults are trying to like keep up with her. So that's what, why we say that when we're born, we have so much of this jing in the savings account. We're exuberant with it, right? You look at a little kid and you know, you look at, you know, uh, a five-year-old or a seven-year-old or a 10-year-old and they're playing sports and they're, and they're, you know, doing school. And generally they have a lot of energy. So that's sort of the energy savings account. And then that has to be balanced with what we call our postnatal energy. So, so once we're born, then it's kind of up to us, right? Where uh, is the energy coming from? And it's basically coming from our food and drink and and the air that we breathe, right? So those are the sources of our postnatal chi that really rules our daily cycle. So we need to make sure that we're getting enough good quality food to eat and, you know, enough clean water and enough clean air to breathe, hopefully, in order to have a good source of prenatal energy. So that's kind of a long answer uh, to your question, Kathy, of where does that energy come from? It comes from the balance of this prenatal and postnatal um, energy, right? right? right. So when we look at somebody and they say, oh, I'm really exhausted, I, you know, I'm not sleeping well, I can't get out of bed in the morning, I have no energy, and we have to look at them and say, okay, well, where is this coming from? Like, is this coming from because like you had bad parents, you know, who like were, you know, alcoholics or drug addicts or whatever, right? They gave you some like bad jing, you know, got a low savings account you came in with. Or is this more about your own activities on a daily right. basis right. and how those are running you down? Right. So number one uh, factor in running down that daily energy is, is stress. Okay. Number one. Yeah. 
And we know this. I mean, we might want to pretend that we don't know it. We want to look for like other reasons, you know, well, maybe it's, you know, I didn't, as a bed, you know, the mattress was too hard or, you know, whatever it is, but it's not about that. It's actually about the quality of our daily life and how stressful we, it is. And, and so stress, we can be talking about, of course, major traumas like, you know, oh, I just found out that my husband's having an affair for five years, right? right. And we're going to get divorced now. So that is major stress trauma. The body immediately goes into sympathetic nervous system mode, stress mode, cannot function, cannot, you know, no healing takes place. It kind of goes into freeze mode. And so this whole business of like, you know, postnatal chi and how much energy do we have on a daily basis goes totally out the window. And basically we're in the bank account withdrawing huge sums of money to get through our life. We're like, oh, we need a hundred thousand today. We need a hundred thousand tomorrow. It's like that, right? right. So big trauma stress totally depletes our reserves of energy. But then we have all of the little stresses that most of us live with on a daily basis. You know, don't have to be the big traumas, it'd be the little traumas. So the little traumas are like, you know, whatever, you know, all the bank accounts running low or the furnace broke, or, you know, I don't get to take a vacation this year because of, you know, COVID or, you know, whatever that is. So then those little traumas are also a factor in kind of slowly running down the body. Right. right. Um, and then what happens is the person says, you know, I, I feel exhausted. I have no energy. I'm not sleeping well. My body is out of balance. So then we really have to look at, um, in part, resetting the nervous system. Okay, because it's right. the nervous system that's dealing with this, uh, with these uh, traumas, mini traumas and, ma- and maxi traumas. And of course, this is where something like the uh, vagal nerve comes in, right? The right, vagus right, nerve right. that is really, you know, leading into being able to help reset the, the nervous system. Yeah. The other thing that happens with a lot of trauma and stress is that we become dehydrated. So it not only causes our energy system to run low, but it also causes the water system in our body to run low. We don't feel juicy inside anymore. We feel right. dehydrated. And so then we have things like, you know, aching joints, pain, pain is mostly it's chi stagnation. And also it's dehydration in the body. It's an area that where there just isn't good energy flow and there isn't good uh, liquid flow in that area. So everything gets inflamed. It gets, it gets stagnant. It gets, you know, hot and dry. And so then we have, you know, a pain, you know, anywhere in the body, you know, and like that. So, yeah. So for daily life, we have to look at our stress levels and we have to understand that stress takes a big toll on the body, according to Chinese medicine. Right. So I think I, you know, and I want to, I want to have you explore two things around this a little bit more, because what struck me as you were talking about um, the, the kind of the idea of the bank account and our job of, you know, putting some money in, right. Exactly. That, that we can spend that so we're not constantly you know dipping into our trust funds so to speak right um so it feels like that we have a possibility of intervention on our own behalf just you know kind of replenishing the bank account every day and i'm guessing you know good food good water good air as you were talking about could you expand on what that might look like for someone um that's really kind of interested in and making sure they're putting deposits in regularly. Yeah. 
Yeah, great question. You know, and it's 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 true. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, okay, what are we going to put in the bank account today? You know, right. even if it's going to be a busy day, it's like awareness, right. you know, of what right. is good right. to foster right. health. Right. Yeah. So as you said, Kathy, um, you know, basics are important, right? So if we're eating all our meals out, if we're eating fast food, if we're drinking, you know, Coca-Colas or, you know, too much alcohol, um, you know, if we're doing things, if we're living in a really polluted area or we have a bad water supply, all of these things are going to contribute to depleting the bank account, right? Because the body is constantly having to compensate, for this other stuff that's going on, you know, and to to get this sort of pure jing energy in the body to support bad lifestyle practices. And so we don't want to do that. We want to be able to look at the basics in our lives to make sure it doesn't mean we have to be perfect. Nobody is perfect. We all have, you know, times where, you know, we're traveling and, you know, we're not eating well, or we're, you know, indulging, or we're having an extra glass of wine it's fine. There's no problem. It's just that it can't be a daily thing. Because if it's a daily thing, it starts running the body down. Then of course, we have to look at what they call in Chinese medicine, the energetic practices that replenishes the Jing. Okay, so we know what these are. (laughs) This is a a familiar list. Yeah. So number one is meditation or meditation type techniques, right? Because what happens as you know, is immediately the body shifts into parasympathetic nervous system mode, you know, a state of higher consciousness. And in that mode, the body can begin to repair itself. So we see that whole mind body relationship and all those sort of feel good, you know, hormones and and the important, you know, brain body connection kicking in to begin to repair and replenish what was lost in the body. You know, I'm often asked, well, you know, what kind, what type of meditation? It could be anything, right? If you have, you know, a mindfulness practice, that's great. If you have a, you know, some other kind of Buddhist practice, that's great. If your practice is to say the rosary, you know, you're a Catholic, that's fantastic. If your practice is to do Tai Chi or Qigong, you know, to just slow down those Chinese energetic exercises, wonderful. If it's a yoga practice, which really helps to, you know, create balance in in this way in the mind-body relationship, great. So it's any kind of practice that takes you out of your kind of daily conscious mind frequency and just allows you to relax and to reboot and regenerate. Um, So that's very important. And then along with that, we have things like time in nature, right? You know, just walking in nature will immediately reset the nervous system. It's a combination of really being out in those five elements and soaking up, you know, the sun, the air, the, you know, the, the, the water component, the, the, the trees, flowers, all of that. But it's also the walking gate, you know, because the walking gate is a form of exercise that triggers like a whole cascade of feel good chemicals in the brain. You know, we've been doing it for, for tens of thousands of years. And so when we start with that, then the brain and the body say, oh yeah, I know that. Okay. You know, now, now we know what to do. And um, so, so, so I think it's really um, about, you know, slowing down the body, interacting with nature, um, some, you know, and if you can combine that with an energetic exercise, wonderful. Exactly. So I think that we can't 
talk about this without saying, okay, Janet, so uh, we have to talk about the whole idea of, of acupuncture and acupressure points. And um, I, I think I'm aware that there are some uh, combinations, let me just say for lack of correct terminology, perhaps, of things that are more focused on acupuncture meridians and acupressure points. Um, are there things that we could be doing for, again, for ourselves to kind of reset our nervous system that, um, I mean, are, are, there, are there things along those lines that we could also be doing in, a, in addition to all of the basics and moving and being in nature and having a contemplative practice of some kind? Most definitely. And, you know, this has been one of my, you know, just basic, you know, efforts, you know, for the last probably right. 10 or 15 years. It's just really putting out there, like, how can we use Chinese medicine in our daily lives? Like, you know, people, most people can't go see the acupuncturist, you know, right. it's not really a part of our culture. Um, so, what can we do? I mean, we have these bodies and we have these acupoints on the body. So, so how can we work with them? Well, the answer is that, that we can work with them. Um, the ancient Taoists did not believe in needling because they thought that putting a needle into the body was very shocking to the body. You know, like you put a needle in and the, and the body's like, what's that? You know, this is a whole interference in this, in this acupoint. And we have to like bring forces in to like deal with this kind of, you know, invasion. So, you know, you do not have to put a needle in the body to work with acupoints. And, and that is something that, you know, I've known for, you know, many, many years, and I've really tried to work with and, you know, so designing some resets for the body um, that people can work with to balance the system, I think is, 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 is important, you know, so I've tried to do that. Of course, we have a great one for the nervous system. And do you want me to tell you about the nervous system reset? That would be great. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Uh, the reason why I really love this reset um, is because of the three points involved. Like these three points have such an amazing synergistic relationship with one another. So the first point is on the upper part of the body. Um, some of you might know this large intestine 11. It's in, it's in the crook of the elbow, right? So if you bend your elbow at the crease, it's like right there. It's really easy to find. And that point is kind of the main anti-inflammatory point in the body, but it does so many other things. And one of the things that it does is it, it cools and calms the body and reduces what we call this excess young situation, right? So a lot of times, you know, we're, our, you know, our brain is racing, like we can literally feel it like whirling around. And, you know, sometimes people get headaches, or they feel like pressure in their head, or they feel like they have too many thoughts. So that's an excess young condition affecting the brain. Okay, okay. so how okay. do we how do we quickly calm that? So one of the points that's great is this large intestine 11, the first of the three points in the, what we call the nervous system reset, because it, it because the large intestine meridian goes up to the brain, connects to a bunch of other meridians and says, okay, let's cool it guys. Let's just cool it. Let's calm everything down there. Let's reduce the activity and the excess condition. So that's number one, right? So we want to invoke that. Yeah. 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 And then we have, um, 
a great point that's in a kind of a weird place, but it's easy to find. Um, so if you're on your left ankle and, you, and you're on the outside that bump, we call the external malleolus. Right. Um, and we come right below that bump, like the tip of the bump, we come straight down kind of towards the heel. There's a, an opening there. And that is, um, it's got a, a long name, right? UB62, urinary bladder 62. You think 62, how many points are on that meridian? You know, actually 67, there's a lot, but we only have to uh, zoom in to that one point. So all of the points on the outside of the feet connect directly to the brain in Chinese medicine. It's really hard for people to understand that. Like, heck, why are we down there when we're trying to, you know, calm up here? But it's because in Chinese medicine, opposite sides, opposite ends of the body are connected, right? Right. So if we want to treat the brain and the head and the nervous system connections, we actually often go to the feet. So, So urinary bladder 62 is an amazing point. It goes the meridian goes straight up the sides of the legs, goes straight up, goes right into the brain. There are many, many points, many connections in the brain, and it immediately um, calms everything down. It not only calms things down, but it can also treat things like epilepsy, schizophrenia, attention deficit disorder. So, you know, all of these different kind of brain related issues have been well researched And so we know that this point, it can really help to address these imbalances. So that's the second point in the nervous system. And then the third point on the other side, right ankle, and basically we come down to the inside ankle bone this time, right? So UB62 is the outside ankle bone, but right leg, spleen six is the inside ankle bone. And we put our our index finger, right, on the inside ankle bone with our other fingers kind of going up the ankle. And we go right behind the bone there. It's it's four fingers or three inches behind the bone. It's really easy to find. A lot of times we call it the women's point because this point can sure be sore on women. It's a big point for reproductive system health and to really balance kind of blood and yin energies in the body. Um, But the thing that's great about this point is it's called three yin crossing. And so it hits three different organ systems. It hits the kidney organ system, the spleen organ system, and the liver organ system. All of them have a role in stress and in working with the nervous system. So I love this point combination. It works amazingly well. And, you know, I've just heard so many great stories, you know, from folks that have used it about, you know, I was just so stressed out. I was so upset. And then I just, you know, did, you know, you can touch the points, you can just tap on them. And again, don't worry if you don't have exact, exact, right? It's fine. We're not putting a needle in here, right? So, so we, you know, with a needle, you have to have great precision. But, but when you're just using them energetically, you know, you just give a tap to the whole area here, you give a tap to the whole area below your outside ankle bone on your left side, good tap there, and you give a tap to the, the inside um, part that's about, you know, four fingers or three inches up on the other side, the right uh, leg inside, and you give a good tap to the whole area. And this is invoking the point. The points are listening, right? They're like, okay, we hear you, you know, and immediately... Yeah. The synergy between these three points is going to immediately help to get the body into parasympathetic mode and do something very valuable, um, according to Chinese medicine, which is circulate the chi in the 12 meridians. 
That's the whole yeah. point, right? Yeah. Is to get everything moving through the meridians. That's great. Yeah. And it's, and I, I'm kind of guessing from, I mean, I was doing this to, for myself as we were, as you were talking about the points and it doesn't take very long. It doesn't feel like, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, these days we have to do simple, right? Because right, we don't, yeah, yeah. everybody's rushing around. They can't be do you know, even, you know, doing something that takes 10 or 15 minutes can be a long time. So this has to be done really, really quickly. Um, and this can really be done um, in just a couple of minutes. And right. Um, and it works very, very well. For extra emphasis, we do it three times. Okay. Okay. If you're having a super stressful day, then in you know invoke invoke the points first. You know, take a couple of breaths, focus. Then do it a second time. Take a couple of breaths, focus on the points and on you know this sort of mini explanation. Explanation, and then do it a third time. And believe me, the body will get the message. You will you will, you will feel a shift right away. That's great. Excellent. Well, this has been great, Janet. I so appreciate you um, spending some time with us today and going through all of this and um, and you know. It's, it's just been fascinating, I think, to look at, you know, the, these really ancient systems that have been around for such a long time and have been so valuable and continue to be valuable and play, I think, a really important role in um, our healthcare today. So it's been great. Great. Thank you so much, Kathy, for inviting yeah. me. I enjoyed talking to you and yeah, we'll see you soon. Great. Excellent. Thanks, Janet. Thank you. All Things Vegas is brought to you by Western Montana Area Health Education Center, working to recruit, train, and retain healthcare professionals, and in partnership with the Red Willow Learning Center, working to make resilient skills available to everyone. If you have an idea for a podcast topic or are interested in sponsoring an episode, please contact Robin Moki at robin.moki at mso.umt. If you didn't catch that, check the program notes. Thanks so much for joining us.